Hello and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, Y'all Ready for This, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to help you get ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster that could happen right here in Chatham County. This week's theme or message is about financial preparedness. Emergencies and disasters can happen at any point and to anyone. Something could happen such as severe weather or a fire or something like a car accident that could send your family down a spiral or down a path of financial hardship if you are not prepared. I promise you that at any age, any socioeconomic status or income level, this message and what we have to share with you today is incredibly important to listen to. This week, my co-host is the none other than the one and only Stephanie Cox, the finance officer for SEMA. Stephanie, when I was thinking about financial preparedness, you were the best person I could think of and the only person I could think of to help me facilitate this message. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. Awesome. And then our guest expert today is Catherine Hubbard. She is with Consumer Credit Counseling Service, right? Catherine, is that, did I get that? That is correct. (laughs) Awesome. So Consumer Credit Counseling Service, and she is going to talk to us about financial preparedness. Catherine, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, will you go ahead and get us started? I will. Catherine, can you tell us what Consumer Credit Counseling Services does and how they help people? Yeah, I would love to. So Consumer Credit Counseling Service, we also go by CCCS, both of which are a mouthful, Um, but we're a local nonprofit agency whose financial experts have been helping the community make sense of finances for over 50 years. Our goal is to help our clients reduce their debt, improve their credit, and achieve successful homeownership through counseling and education. We have offices in Beaufort, South Carolina, Hinesville, Georgia, States, Hinesville, Georgia, Statesboro, Georgia, and Savannah, Georgia. While we still have all of those offices due to COVID, we have moved to phone calls and Zoom calls and Teams meetings for our counseling, but we are still doing all of our education and counseling just COVID style, as we like to say. COVID style. I love it. It's perfect. All right. So can you give us a little bit of an idea of how CCCS can help before a disaster or or an emergency strikes? We really like to do this with most of our clients that come in. Obviously, if you're coming in for something very specific, we will tailor it to whatever you're asking about financial-wise, but we always like for someone to have a savings plan set up. Now, whether you want to call it an emergency savings plan is up to you, but it's really important to have that savings plan set up. We also talk about how to deal with creditors and how to safeguard your personal information because when an emergency strikes, it's not usually your finances usually aren't the first thing you're thinking of. So we want you to have that plan in place before it happens. Like Chelsea said at the beginning, none of us know when these things are going to happen, but we can expect them to come. We don't know whether it's going to be that hurricane that comes in or that car accident or unfortunately COVID that just kind of sweep like sweeps us off our feet. But we can have that plan in place and be as prepared as possible for it. And that's what we like to help get everybody set up for. That's awesome. Catherine, in preparing um, to save for a disaster, how much money do you think a family should have on reserves? Oh, that is such a good question. And we get asked that all the time because the thing to remember is every household's different. All three of us could, could share what we do in our households and they'd be very different between just the three of us speaking here today. And then you add a fourth person, they'll have something completely different. 
The thing to remember is that you want to think about what type of disasters can happen for your area. So here in Chatham County, we know hurricanes. We know when hurricane season is. We know we want to be prepared for those. We know that means we usually have to evacuate, loss of hours. So we know we can kind of set for that of, okay, how much did it cost last time I evacuated and have a really good estimate for something like that. Whereas if you were to get in a car accident, you know what your deductible is. So we want you to have that set back. Mm -hmm. But if you're just going for like a general savings, we really like someone to start with getting to $1,000 and then getting towards three months of pay. And I know that sounds like an insane goal because it is even for myself. I'm like getting the three months of my pays put back for an emergency, like something's gonna come up before I get to that point. And that's okay. It's not meant to be an overnight plan. It's really meant to be that long-term financial goal that you're setting and saying, okay, this is something that's important for me to want to get towards. Wow, so three months. I mean, you're right. It, it, I feel like it's gonna take some time to get there, but it's it's a really great goal to have. And to start the, the slow increments, I feel like is is really going to be impactful as they start to prepare for any type of emergency that can happen. That's awesome. So I feel like people often ask us and you know we've seen it time and time again saving is so hard how do i do that so do you have any tips that will help make saving just a little bit easier for everybody i think you're totally right with that like a lot of people do say savings is difficult like they'll ask us well i want to save but i'm not sure how to get there well the first thing we always want someone to do is you have to look at your budget and i don't mean that to take away everything you love because that's not what a budget's meant for we just want you to have control over where your money's going. If you want to set money aside for specific things, that's great. We just want you to know, okay, I have this set aside for this particular piece of my life. And I also want to have savings prioritized in that budget as well. So sit down and look and say, okay, these are what are most important priority wise. And then this is like my fun money. I've got my savings money. And then whatever's left over, you can choose to delegate to where that goes. I don't want you to think that I want you to like, oh, my money has to go in these buckets all the time and have all these buckets and get yourself all worked up about it. But I do want you to be mindful of where it's going and have that savings as a priority. And like you mentioned, starting small, those small increments to go from not saving anything to having $1,000 saved is not gonna happen overnight unless you hit the lottery. And at that point, come hang out with me. I need some of your luck. But in general, most of us have to start that savings nice and slow. So look at if you get paid every week, every two weeks, or once a month, like figure out, okay, I'm comfortable putting this much of my paycheck towards my savings. And then as you get more comfortable with your finances, you can either increase that, you get to your savings goal, you set a new one, you set a savings goal for something else that you're wanting to be saving for. So it's that you're, you're looking at it and you're setting them. And as you're reaching them, you're like, hey, I got there. What's my next step is the goal for that piece. And if you can make it automatic and take away some of those barriers, it really helps. What we really like to suggest is if you get paid direct deposit and your employer allows it, do a split direct deposit because it takes away a step for you. You're still adding that savings, but you're not the one that physically has to move it from your checking to your savings account. If your employer will go ahead and put it in there for you so that it's one less thing you have to remember to do. And if it's automatic, you're less likely to forget it as well. Or decide not to do it. That too. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Um, you know, living on the coast, we've been lucky that we haven't had a hurricane hit us to the point where we've had multitudes of people out of jobs. Um, but with COVID, we have seen where job loss claims have have increased as 
businesses have closed and, you know, people just haven't been able to go to work. Can you tell us how disasters can impact credit? Credit is very different from our finances. We can very quickly know if we're not having money come in and how that's affecting if we're paying for our rent or our light bill and our groceries. We see that immediately. We can have, that's very tangible to us. Credit in and of itself is that's something that you might not see immediately because A, maybe you're not checking your credit score every day. I totally do not recommend that. You'll drive yourself crazy. But in general, the impacts that loss of income or a disaster will have on your credit is a lot of times it's that you're going to be missing a payment. And missing a payment can actually have a much bigger impact on your credit than most people realize because your credit score is actually 35% of it's your payment history. And your most recent payment history is the thing that impacts it the most. And so, like we said, we don't know when the disaster comes, but if we know a disaster has happened, some employ some credit card places or credit places will just immediately say affected by a disaster. If it's like a hurricane, they're like, hey, we know everyone in Chatham County had to evacuate. But if it's an individual disaster, they don't know what's happening in your household unless you communicate it with them. So we always recommend knowing how to get in contact with your creditors and being comfortable having that conversation saying, hey, this happened. Is there anything that we can work out to either like defer my payment instead of a lowered payment plan to keep me current? What kind of options do you have? And your creditors actually have a lot more options than people realize because the person that calls you when you're late is not the same person you talk to before you're late. So if you can call and have that conversation knowing, hey, this is going to be a really tough month for me. What options do you have as this relationship? Then you will have a much better conversation most of the time. It'll have a much better impact on your credit because you're able to safeguard it before that negative piece hits the credit. You know, it, it's kind of sad, but I never even thought about that. And I think that that's an incredible point is try to be proactive and have those conversations ahead of time and just say, hey, what can we do? What can we not do? And, and just everybody's human and everybody makes mistakes and everybody has issues and challenges. So just be upfront about it and, and have that conversation. That's a brilliant piece of advice. And COVID's given, given people more realization that their creditors are actually there to help. Like, yes, they want their money back. Don't get me wrong, but they're not monsters. They realize that things happen. They don't, they aren't heartless, but if you haven't talked to them in three months, they're going to be less likely to work with you. Just like if you didn't show up for three weeks to work, your employer's going to be like, you couldn't call. Yeah, you couldn't tell me you weren't going to come to work for two weeks. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that, I, I, that's a really great point, though, Catherine. I appreciate that. So we another question that we get quite a bit, um, credit cards for emergencies. Should you use them for emergencies? Should they only be for emergencies? Or you, I guess just give us some advice on, on how we should be using those to have the best credit. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people say, hey, this is my emergency credit card. And I love that because if you already have that credit relationship set up, you probably have a much better interest rate. If you were going to have to use that for an emergency, you already have that relationship. You're not having to then think of, oh, no, now I need this money. Where do I go? What do I do? How do I fix this? You already have that set up because you're proactive. And using it for an emergency, there's definitely nothing wrong with that, especially if that's what your goal for that particular credit relationship is. The pieces to remember with using it for an emergency is that you want to make sure that if you use, let's say you've got a thousand dollar credit limit and you use $900 of that, well, you want to make sure you've got a plan set up of, okay, well now that as the disaster passes and I'm getting back to my normal, I need to make sure I'm working to pay this down 
probably faster than they're wanting you to. Your minimum usually has you paying interest on it for an extended amount of time. It's keeping your usage rate. So that relationship between how much you could use versus how much you have used is gonna be higher usually if you use it for an emergency, which will impact your credit a little bit. So we want you to have a plan set up of yes, this is my emergency card, but that doesn't mean that it can stay at this high like balance forever. We want you to have that plan to get it paid back down. And now a lot of people do have that card for emergency. And while it's great to have it, you also wanna keep that relationship healthy. So what we recommend is even if that's your emergency card, use it for something small that's already in your household budget. So this can be putting a tank of gas on it once a month. If you're like most households, you probably have some type of subscription service that is probably like 10, 12, $15 that you can put on there that I don't want you to create a new bill. I just want you to move it from maybe your checking account to this credit card that you are using that credit card once a month, you're keeping that relationship healthy. It also will help your score because you're making your payment on time. And then over time, your credit score will continue to build and they might even increase that credit limit without you asking for it, which just helps you be better prepared for that emergency when it does come up. Yeah, that's really helpful. So even if it's for an emergency, go ahead and start using it on a monthly basis for small things that you're already buying. Don't go out and buy something completely different or new um, on your emergency credit card, but something exactly. that I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Catherine, this is a big one and I've seen it a lot, um, especially when we've been looking for houses, you know, in Chatham County and stuff, you go to places and they're like, oh, out here, you know, you don't need flood insurance. And, you know, if you've really looked at the maps of Chatham County, you're kind of like, mm, if you're living in Chatham County, you should more than likely have flood insurance. And you know, we've all been at that point where I'm sure we've had to rent and we don't necessarily own our home, but can you talk about how important it is to have, you know, different types of insurance depending on where you are in your life and the things that you own a home or if you're just renting and whatnot? Uh, that is so right. Anytime that someone tells me, oh, I don't need flood insurance, I'm like, you still live on the coast. Like, you might not be like, you might, it might take you a while to get to the beach or to water, but as the crow flies, you're probably not that far from it. And I'm sure you guys know our flood maps way better than I do. I just know enough to say, you live close enough to water, you should really consider flood insurance. And the nice thing is if flood insurance isn't required at your location, it's gonna be a lot less expensive. And if you look in, like I, whenever Houston had all their issues, a lot of those people that flooded weren't in flood zones. And so they didn't have flood insurance. So what might've cost them you know, maybe $500 a year was costing them tens of thousands of dollars to be fixing the damage. And that's what insurance is. It's you're paying for something to protect yourself from the unknown. And whenever someone says the unknown, that always kind of gives me the wrong feelings. It's like, it's not necessarily unknown. It's more that it's a known risk. We just don't know when it's going to happen. And that's how I want you to think about the emergencies that can come up in your life is if you own a car, you might not know when it needs to be repaired, but you know it's coming. If you own a house, you might not know what's going to happen to it, but something's going to come up. So having insurance is really important. Even if you're renting, like your landlord will have insurance on the house itself. But I want you to think about everything you own in there and how much that's important to you. So well, you probably don't need a hundred thousand dollars worth of coverage for everything in your house, but do you need like twenty thousand if you're going to replace everything that you own? And so. Setting up insurance is really important. Now, there will be times where you don't get the choice. Like when you buy a house, they're going to require that you have homeowner's insurance. That's not an option. But if it's required whenever 
someone is invested in your property, then you want to think about, well, if I'm investing in my own property and, and even if it's not required, but if someone else was invested in it, they would want this insurance. You should think about why they would want it, but then you as the person investing in it should also want it as well to give yourself that extra protection. And shopping around can usually make renter's insurance and homeowner's insurance and even flood insurance very affordable. And now shopping around for flood insurance, people think they're shopping at multiple places. It's all coming from the federal government. It's just who is creating the policy for you. So you just wanna make sure that you are looking at your updated flood maps when they update those, definitely make sure that you're checking in on that because your mortgage company might be like, oh, it's not required anymore. It's like, great, that means it'll be less expensive, but I should still have it. Well, Catherine, you are kind of preaching to the choir. Um, Stephanie and I know that way too well, um, but I'm hoping that maybe hearing it from a, a different person, from a different perspective for our listeners will hopefully help it sink in just a little bit. Listeners, we will definitely be talking more about flood insurance and things that you should have to help protect your home in the future. Uh, but Catherine, thank you for covering that. It's fantastic. And Stephanie, that was an excellent question. Um, so Catherine, you know, the, one of the main reasons that we wanted to have you on our, on our podcast today is to talk about an upcoming class that Consumer Credit Counseling Service and SEMA are partnering to put together. Uh, can you give us a little bit of information about that class? Oh, I am so excited for that class. When you reached out to me, Chelsea, I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's go. Because I think this is such an important class because it's not just, we, yes, we love our first time homebuyer classes and all of this, but anyone who is living anywhere should have this emergency plan. Whether you're renting, you're living with your parents, you own your house, you just bought a house, you're not sure where you want to live next. Having that emergency plan is really important. And the class that we're hosting together is going to get people ready regardless of where they are in their home process, whether, again, whatever your situation is, it'll help you be ready for that. And it'll also teach you that as you are changing how you're living, where you're living, and your own personal finances, make sure you're continuing to think to update that. So if you do choose to leave our beautiful part of Savannah and you move somewhere else, you're like, I should probably figure out what disasters are here based on that class that SEMA hosted, because that reminds me that there might be something new I should be considering. So I'm super excited for that class in late January, and I cannot wait to be hosting that with you guys. Yes. Well, that will be coming to you live on SEMA's Facebook page. It will be a Zoom between Catherine and I. Uh, we are going to be presenting it to our Facebook Live community. So join us via Facebook. It's January 28th from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. And you'll be able to ask your questions and be extremely interactive. We'll help facilitate the whole thing. So please tune in. If you can't tune in live, of course, you can watch the recording afterwards. But we highly recommend that you join us and learn just a little bit more. The tease that Catherine gave us today is going to be expanded so much more in that one-hour class. So we hope that you consider joining us. Uh, but that is all that we have time for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me and helping us talk about financial preparedness and getting our residents of Chatham County just a little bit more prepared. Y'all don't be afraid to join us next week when we are joined by Chatham County's safety training manager to talk about risk reduction in your home. Some of the things that you could be doing could be a huge hazard for your home. It could cause a fire or all kinds of different incidents that could occur in your home. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye.